today on Ag News Daily. So currently the drones that we're using are through DJI. They're the DJI Agris T30s. Uh, and I love them. They're amazing. Uh, they're they're just big enough that they can cover all the acres that we need to and small and compact enough that we can fit them in our trailer and zoom around and, and knock out a bunch of acres in a day. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Ag News Daily with me, Cassidy Zirkel, and Tanner Winterhoff. Excited to keep this week of the Dream Team going. How are you, Tanner? Absolutely. I'm good. Uh, another great day here in Central Iowa. Sun's out. Got a little bit of moisture overnight. Uh, much welcome by most of the people in this area. But staying busy here in the office on a day that I wish I was outside. Me too, Tanner. I can feel your pain. Yes, I tell you who else is feeling pain. We just started like rock star transitions here when we work together. But yes, uh, interest rates went up again yesterday. Federal Reserve on Wednesday, as we'd been discussing, met and they elected to raise interest rates by three quarters of a percent or 75 hundredths. The decision to move that was matched, uh, matched the magnitude of the Fed's last move in June, which again was the largest single meeting rate increase since 1994. And now we've done it twice in the span of less than 30 days. So this was agreed upon unanimously by the Federal Open Market Committee. The Fed now moves into its fourth consecutive meeting of increasing borrowing costs throughout America. And as we discussed, the goal is to wrangle in inflation. And of course, they are looking at that again for their September meetings. We got a little bit of time here between now and the next time rates might go up. Well, Tanner, that is a pain, and I think we all felt that one coming. Now, someone who didn't know their pain was coming was Judge Jones out of Loving in Pecos County, Texas. He was arrested this week for a cattle wrestling sting by the Texas Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association Special Rangers. Not Bo Fox, who we got to talk to from that organization, but one of his colleagues, found and arrested Jones for what seems to be a pretty big rustling of stray livestock in Loving and Pecos counties. Yes, I had seen those headlines. And uh, you, you always think of cattle rustling just being in the movies, uh, but certainly a real life story there. So we talked about the pain of interest rates going up, but what might not be as painful is fertilizer trends are continuing mostly lower, led again by urea third week of July 2022. According to the sellers surveyed by DTN, once again, all but one of the eight major fertilizers are lower compared to last month. Only one fertilizer was down substantially, and that was urea. Urea was 7% lower compared to last month with an average price of $836 a ton. DAP had an average of 1,007, MAP 1,043, 1034O, 894 a ton, and Hydrus was 1431. UAN 28 was 598, and UAN 32 was 696. So uh, looking across the board, fertilizer, only one of them was slightly more expensive than last month, and that was potash, averaging 887 a ton. Uh, But on a pound-by-pound nitrogen basis, the average urea price was down to 91 cents a pound, and Hydra's 87 cents, and again, your UANs, looking at a $1.07 and $1.09 respectively. So good to see fertilizer prices down, even though the spring wheat tour is continuing, Cassidy. We talked a little bit about that yesterday. Day one estimates were 48.9, 
after day two, they looked at another 104 spring wheat fields, and that yield projection is dropped now to 47.7. So didn't see nearly as great of wheat in day two of their wheat tour. Well, Tanner, I have also been seeing a lot about the wheat tour on Twitter, and it does seem like the people checking out the wheat aren't getting the greatest results today compared to yesterday. But someone who is releasing some great news today is the USDA says here that they are indefinitely extending the ERP or emergency relief program deadline for farmers and ranchers to submit their pre-filled application for emergency relief aid. And this is great news knowing that so many crazy weather events like drought, flooding, and wildfires are still going on across the country. Yes, it is. It's good to have that certainly tied into it. So as we look here into trade regulation and the world trade, U.S. trades deficit for goods narrowed by 5.6%, positive news to only $98.2 billion in June, according to the Commerce Department's advanced estimate released today. After jumping in May, the deficit was narrowed for the last three straight months and is now the smallest trade deficit since November. Economists polled uh, we're looking at the deficits to only narrow to 103.2 billion, so positive results here. Exports of good rose to 4.4 billion, it arose by 4.4 billion to 181.5 in June, and imports fell. So that's how your margin gets tighter there. So even though, Cassidy, we've reported on some port congestion, it looks like the value of our goods is narrowing the gap. Well, Tanner, my last little bit of good news today is coming out of Corin, Utah, where JY Ferry and Sons Incorporated was awarded the National Environmental Stewardship Award by the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. This is awarded to them for their great and outstanding environmental stewardship that has been taking place over the last hundred years on their land. Hey, there you go. That is a good piece of news. The last news that I have before we jump into the markets is around ethanol. Every Thursday we report on ethanol. Ethanol output fell last week while inventories also dropped to the lowest level of the month. Production of the biofuel declined to an average of 1.021 million barrels a day for the week that ended July 22nd. That's down from 1.034 the week before. When you look at Gulf Coast production, that's where a significant portion of uh, the drop came, but is the smallest area of production for the industry. The inventories fell to 23.328 million barrels this week through July 22nd. That's down from 23.553 million barrels the week before. So continuing to keep a close eye on ethanol production. But as we move into the morning markets, December corn was up 12 and three quarter cents at 6.15 and three quarters early this Thursday as we record this. This could be the fourth consecutive day higher as weather continues to challenge the notion that our U.S. corn crop will hit average. November beans were up nine cents early and soybean meal was down six dollars and 30 cents in the morning to break the December soybean oil contract up 1.79. So uh, Illinois is looking to potentially run the gamut here on some soybean yield prediction coming out of Purdue, but we will keep a close eye on that. September Kansas City wheat was up 16 cents and September Minneapolis wheat was up 15 cents again. 
here early this morning. It'll be interesting to see where markets close for the day. Live cattle mixed, front month contract up 20 cents to uh, 142 and three quarter or in three eighths. Uh, feeder cattle is down uh, 57 cents today to $1.78. Lean hogs all green across all contracts. Front month August up $1.35 to $119.95. While you see October through February down 35 cents on the average with contracts in the 97 and a quarter, 87 and a quarter, and 90 and a half. So a good start to the day for most of the commodities, but a good start to our Ag News Daily episode. Let's finish it off with a great conversation. Well, listeners, we are excited to introduce you all to Mr. Jack Tierman, Drone Specialist at Vision Ag. Jack, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me on, Cassidy. Absolutely. Now, Jack, can we just get a little bit of your background and how you got to this pretty niche career that you've started with Vision Ag? Absolutely. Uh, so I've, I've always grown up with a farming background with grandparents and uncles that farmed and, and being raised in the equine industry. And, and in, in fall of 2017, I, I made my way down here to Western Kentucky to, to Murray State University and, and started in the, in the ag program that they have here. And uh, they've been investing quite heavily in, a, in, in their drone program. Um, and so was able to get connected uh, through several professors with that and uh, started uh, using one of their spray drones that they had acquired several years ago and uh, and then kind of just took off from there. Yeah, you know, I was just looking at a little bit of your bio here before this conversation. It sounds like you really took advantage of the programs at Murray State because it says here that you also got to do a little bit of research on industrial hemp. Is that correct? Yes, sir. So uh, I was able to help out uh, with the Center for Industrial Hemp uh, through Murray State, and uh, we did uh, a, a CBD hemp study uh, for Air Liquide, and uh, it was a very, very beneficial part of my time there at Murray. Well, I very cool. am a huge fan of Murray State. I did a lot of experience there when I was in high school through some programs they had in summer and I talked a lot with their cross-country and track coaches when I was in high school. So I'm a big fan, and I was super happy to see that's where you went to school. Choose up. <laughs> Besides your academic background, did you have any work background without M- Murray State before you went into work with Vision Ag? Uh, I didn't really. Uh, a lot of, uh, when I went to Murray State, I started out, I was a wildlife conservation major, and uh and then about halfway through my time there, I, I kind of came to realize that ag was more of a calling for me. And so I, I transferred and I started, um, I majored in agricultural science and uh, began uh, my journey in the ag department there and, and never looked back and made a lot of amazing connections with Dr. Parr, who's the assistant dean, and Dr. Tony Brandon, who's the dean there at the school. So I have, you know, limited experience with drones, Jack. I play around with one just to have fun, make videos recreationally and on the farm. Uh, I got to meet a gentleman at a wedding last week that was taking his drone up into the Dakotas to spray uh, water ditches for the counties and the state up there. But what is it exactly that you are doing as a drone specialist for Vision Ag? So Vision Ag and Henry Farmers Co-op, which Vision Ag 
un operates underneath the umbrella of, of Henry Farmers Co-op. Uh, so we are approached by different clients in the area. Uh, a lot of them this time of the year are looking to have fungicide applied to their corn or their soybeans. And we meet those needs in the, in the way that we can access some of those hard to reach fields. Um, any fields that are down in a wet, soggy bottom uh, or just, just plain hard access to access fields. And when, when Henry Farmers Co-op and Vision Ag first set out with this back before I arrived, their idea was to supplement their ground rig uh, and be able to, to be profitable on the areas that, uh, you know, working a ground rig with 100 foot booms just would not be, it wouldn't be feasible to get them into. So I've got a, a good friend and fellow podcast host on the Farm for Profit podcast that was even talking about, like you said, when you get in and, you know, you're talking wide drops, even nitrogen applications and fungicides, some of these acreages are tough to turn around without running over a bunch of crop to where a drone could be a good opportunity to avoid disturbing standing crop. Exactly. And and we we get a lot of customers who comment on that, you know, they're they're all about, and especially with the, the drought that we've been having here in Western Kentucky, saving every year and every plant that we possibly can just means that at the end of the day, it's more money in that farmer's pocket. So, so we have been very adamant and, and very uh, trying to make sure that farmers understand, hey, look, if you let us come in, you will never even know we were there, except for the fact that you'll see you have a healthier plant at the end of the day. And Jack, with as technologically advanced as this field is, what is Vision Ag doing that keeps you all ahead of your competitors? Uh, between the precision planning that we do, as well as uh, the crop health studies that we do uh, in the fall and in the winter, we pull uh, soil sample as well as plant tissue samples. So that way the next year when we go back, uh, we can help that farmer say, hey, look, this is your, this is the results we got from last year. Here's the game plan for this year. And we know that it will automatically yield a better crop. So it's a full package approach. Do you see this becoming a larger player in the future of ag technology and widely adopted? Absolutely. I mean, uh, just now, uh, so we partner with Rantizo, which we are a contractor for. Rantizo uh, is who helps us get a bunch of our our legal stuff in order to be able to fly and apply. Uh, and so uh, with, with that, uh, we're definitely seeing a huge boom. Uh, right now, Rantizo is right about 140 contractors uh, and a, a little on, little over 100 drones. And, uh, and there are other, other customers or other, other entities that are coming into the drone spraying game. Uh, Guardian Agriculture, which I believe Cassidy saw that post and reached out to me through, uh, they're coming out with a, a next generation drone that's just going to absolutely blow the whole drone industry out of the water. Uh, I'm very excited to get to work with their engineering team uh, to kind of help uh, dial that in. And, uh, and But yes, drones are absolutely going to become more and more prevalent in agriculture. Just their ability to uh, maneuver and not damage any crop as well as it is way cheaper than going out there and dropping money on a ground rig in, in today's economy. Absolutely. And I did see that post, Jack. It was very interesting and I'm glad you mentioned it. But before that new and improved drone comes out with that program, what are the drones like in the program you already have? What, how much, many acres can they spray to one, one time? How much can they carry? What's the battery life like? Things like that. 
So currently the drones that we're using are through DJI. They're the DJI Agris T30s. And I love them. They're amazing. Uh, they're, they're just big enough that they can cover all the acres that we need to and small and compact enough that we can fit them in our trailer and zoom around and, and knock out a bunch of acres in a day. Uh, so right now, uh, the drone specs are, it's got a 30 liter spray tank, which comes out to about eight gallons. Uh, and with 16 nozzles, um, it, it, you know, it can really put out some product. Uh, right now, we're looking uh, at about 40 acres an hour uh, with these drones. Uh, that's the claimed rate. We haven't quite reached that yet, uh, but we're working on things to optimize our setup to where we can reach that. But these are not just drones that you can only bust out about 10 acres an hour. I mean, you can, with two drones, we can do, you know, 200 plus acres in a day pretty quickly. And uh, the, the spherical radar system that it has on there uh, really helps with obstacle avoidance. So a lot of the times we wind up uploading shape files into these controllers and the controllers automatically draw our routes for us. And the radar system on the bottom makes it to where we hit start we let it go and we let it eat and cover some acres. And then if it comes upon anything, it automatically navigates around and, uh, and resumes its tasks afterwards. Uh, battery life right now is about 10 to 12 minutes. Uh, you know, if you've got some nice, long, straight rows, uh, the shorter stuff uh, does kill the battery a little bit. But DJI is working on coming out with the next generation of batteries along with the next, uh, next launch of the T40, which should be coming out sometime here in the next year. And so we're hoping that we're going to get some better battery life out of that. Very cool. So if we've got listeners that are interested in maybe taking this on as part of their business or, or wanting to dive a little bit deeper, do you have to have a license to fly these or how can you get qualified to operate a spray drone? Yeah. So with spray drones, uh, you have to have a part 137 license that you'll have to obtain through the FAA. Uh, that's something that you personally have to apply for, for your new business that allows you to spray it with a drone that weighs over 55 pounds. Uh, the next thing you'll have to have is a class two medical license. Uh, you'll find any FAA medical examiner around you and be able to get examined and, and signed off on that. And then uh, you also, for each individual state or territory that you spray in, you have to have uh, the state's required aerial applicator licenses uh, in order to be able to apply liquid or granular product from the air. And if you want to diverge into air, uh, aquatic, application aerially or anything like that those are some more uh, niche licenses that you can and then if any of our listeners want to work with vision ag specifically how can they find you and your team to get your work done on their operation yeah absolutely uh you can google vision ag uh, it'll be underneath the henry farmers co-op on or you can find us on facebook at vision ag uh, or you can email myself jtierman26 at gmail.com or Cody Ray, who is our my supervisor at cray at hfc.com. Thank you so much for joining us. We, uh, we learned quite a bit, and I'm sure we'll touch base again. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Well, Tanner, that was a fun conversation with Mr. Jack Tierman, and I could feel you nerding out a little bit about the drones. Yeah, little do the listeners know after we finished recording that one, we spent a couple more minutes having a conversation. It's always fun to learn about new technology and the future of agriculture. Absolutely. And one thing I want to inform our listeners about is tomorrow you should definitely tune in about the future of agriculture because we will be interviewing Bion about their recent partnership for the Sustainable Beef 
facility in Dalhart, Texas. All right. You just reported on that. So true Ag News Daily style, not going to miss a beat. We will be ready for that one. But for today, what do you say, Cassidy? Should we let the listeners go? Let's let them go.